What's up, everybody? It's Joe LaPuma. You are listening. You are watching the Complex Sneakers podcast. We are back. We're in studio. Two weeks off, but we're back. And to my right, Mr. Matt Welty. That sounded like a rap battle, but we're back. Did it? <laughs> I, I didn't get Energy it. is up, maybe. Okay. And to my left... I'm so happy to be back. Mr. Brendan Dunn, he is happy to be back. He, I'm, I'm happy because people aren't going to be hounding me anymore. Okay. You know, like, sometimes we, we got we to take a little time off, right? Absolutely. We it had wasn't a, that long, right? Yeah, we had a two-week break, and we put up that... Sorry anim- we left you. Yeah, sorry we left you. We put up that animated Shouts to Reese, who was in studio the last time we recorded. We put that animated clip compilation up yep. on the Soul yep. Collector channel. Go check that out if Hope you haven't. Hope you enjoyed that. Someone's phone just went off. We're a little rusty. Okay, so okay. we're back, but we're, we're Matt still... Wait, phone, hold on. Not you on silent. You didn't put it on silent. Yeah, when you click, not you on just silent. Click the thing to Dude. get rid of the text. Can you put it on silent? A little rusty. Dude, it's okay. My, that's my bad. It, you know what? Wasn't even a text message. But can, I don't, you, but can you put it on silent? My phone is on cl- silent. I don't know how it came up. Huh, to be honest okay. with you, it's well, one of the dumb mm-hmm. Apple News like yeah. alerts that What's I don't sign up for. I don't know. Was anything breaking that we need to know? Yeah, and I don't know why I got it. A little rusty. I noticed. On your right leg, yeah, I got a scrape on the what, shin. What happened? Were you you rollerblading or no, something? Really what ha- what just happened? Been, this from working out, just from a barbell. What was the workout? Look, they're zooming in. I can see. Well, barbell. Okay. Yeah, just doing like a barbell. It wasn't snatch. that you ran to get a package like the Nick Diamond dunks and you dropped no. the barbells. No, 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 no. Just okay. a, just a little close on the. Supposed to pull the barbell close. You to the use ocean. fifty, right? So no, I was using a barbell. No, oh, okay, barbell shows how. Bad. I, I mean, like free you're, weights. You're more engaged in this than I am because I never well, lift weights, so I don't is, even. This is what I will say, and I've never told him this. There will be times where sometimes you work out at night. Yes. Uh, sometimes right after work, but not. Okay. Late. Sometimes I'm in the gym, and at like night? I, I only work out at night. Okay. Not like a morning workout person, but sometimes I'm in the gym at night, and you know I'm feeling pretty good, and I'm doing like the free weights, probably not doing them correctly, but then. I use 30, and then yeah. he'll post, and he does 50, right? Yeah. 50. <laughs> now, he, 50. He, he's got the 50 on deck. Do you think he had the 50 already, or do you think he saw your IG post? No, I don't with post. The 30. On, oh, okay, I don't do okay. it. That's, so I, I wasn't he sure wasn't if it was trying to one up me. Like, no, no, there's no like, retaliation. 50. Do you? Th- That's so, all I own is 50. Yeah, so I made it to. <laughs> <laughs> Someone took the 30s once, and I didn't make it to 40, struggling. But and this maybe is what type of lifting? I mean, I don't. It's just chest, yeah. right? On, yeah. on the, overhead um, press, or and so then I'm I do laying this. on my back, and I'm yep I'm on, doing on your okay. back, and I do this, yeah, and then I do that. All right, what? <laughs> this is, is a judging smile. No, I'm, I'm, I'm saying okay. I'm no, I'm like totally I'm like, unimpressed. I'm, yeah, but yeah, I see. Sometimes you do the fifty, and then I'm like, damn. No, not sometimes. He always oh, does always, the fifty. Always, he, said yeah. he only owns the fifty. You got the morning workout in, yeah. getting your mind right. You guys are doing a double today. Yeah. And this will, be, this will be out, so you're shooting the season finale. Good guest in studio. Everyone's in studio today. Love that. Yep. It's going to be a busy day. Season finale. Fabulous. F-A-B-O. What's the pronunciation? Fabulous. Okay, there we go. <laughs> Disrespectful. Two-time sneaker shopping guest. Mm-hmm. Fabulous. And also... You were saying one of the early sneakers. You need to go shop. back. You guys need to go back no, and don't, watch don't. it. Yeah. <laughs> just to see. It's just crazy to see how much the show has evolved mm-hmm. since. Because I think that episode was only like four minutes. Yeah, Packer Shoes. Yeah. yeah, Packer Shoes. Mike Packer in the cut trying to get his cameo. <laughs> he always, Mike Packer always gets a cameo <laughs> in Packer sneaker shopping. cameo. <laughs> every single time he gets a he, cameo. He, he used it to plug his, uh, I think it was his New Balance Worthy collaboration. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, I got a little something special for you. And like pulls out the box. You know what else people need to go back and check out? Joe's 
IG post in celebration of the Pharrell episode oh, of Sneaker you. Shopping. Thank you. You did a two-photo gallery slider, photo of you from 2013, I think in a studio with Pharrell. Yeah, that was an Usher session, and okay. I was working on a cover story. It was crazy. It, the cover I, story was with Pharrell or with Usher? It was with Pharrell, and it was a studio session in Atlanta, and... Yeah, it was an Usher studio session. I wrote about it in the cover story. But, yeah, the, the finale was yesterday of... Hold on. You go, the, you go. The, the thing people need to look back at is the, the tongue fuck in that. Because somebody on IG did point this out to me that, that it needed to be discussed. But you had the black cement threes on in that photo. I always and did the, that, though. The angle of the tongue is like... Uh, <laughs> it's it's a, it's a cute with the shoe, you know? It's, it's, it's not quite a right angle. It's like, it's like closing down on itself. Uh, that's all I did was the, was the tongue fuck always. Yeah. And still with the cement threes. It's a cool, big tongue. It's cool, a big tongue. Cool part about that picture, Cynthia from Cactus took it. I saw you tag her, so yeah. I wasn't totally sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And that was a great night. And What a long journey it's been. Yeah, it's been a long journey. And, and yeah, the finale of Sneaker Shopping Season 13. Pharrell, go check that out. Definitely a hero moment for the show. And happy how it came out. And... I think maybe next week, maybe next week we'll go. I let me just tell you something. I'm looking Please. at you. I could see, I could see him <laughs> smiling about something that he hasn't. I, I'm not even looking at him. I could just see it. it feels what? good to be back, it? baby. Well, yes, so no, good to be back. I want to hear. How, how, talk about it. How did you feel when in the intro where he's like, "Wow, you're really polished." I mean, it was great, man. It was great. Like that's a. Did you blush a little bit, like, on the inside? So there's a comment that says at 54 seconds, Joe blushed. I don't know if I blushed. You know, it was in Miami. I had the whole... That's uh, another thing to go back and look. If, 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 I, if I actually blushed, this, go but back yeah. And look if Joe the blushed. other comment was uh, shot in Miami. Joe has a hoodie and uh, jeans on, which, fair. But, yeah, th there was a comment saying, like, oh, 54 seconds in, Joe blushed. But, it, listen, getting a compliment like that from... From him was amazing and um yeah happy how, to, how it turned out I, I wanted to say next week maybe we'll do kind of like a look back at both our seasons maybe okay. not the whole podcast but but we'll put which, which episode felt more surreal to you because i know these were two big finales the pharrell one or the lil wayne finale <sighs> that was the finale right yes okay what season was that, that was season like 10 i think okay those Th season numbers don't mean dave anything was it me. season 10 Season ten. Season ten. That was like right before Dave the Matthews pandemic. Yeah. Season, season ten, 10 I think confirmed. was 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 season ten. Will Smith, Fallon, and Wayne, Pop Smoke, R.I.P. All in one. So that wow. was that was like nice run. Shouts to KP. KP. That was a great great season. Uh, Those runs feel good. Yeah, definitely. And and I'm happy how we ended this season. We have a few weeks off, and then we're back at it. But not not weeks off on the podcast. No, Don't we're worry. back we with this. We just took two weeks off of the podcast. We're not going anywhere. You know, we're, we're pretty consistent with lock, this. Get locked in the stew. <laughs> yeah. How was the weekend? How was your weekend? How was the past two weeks? Anything like... I, I feel like there's a lot of sneaker stuff we should is. catch up on. You know, we don't, we don't get too deep into the sneaker news mm -hmm. on here. But, you know, there's, there's a couple interesting things been happening. This Joe Fresh Goods New Balance thing. <sighs> so good. Very... Yep. Uh, the, the commercial is amazing. So good. You know, the video they shot did for it. it. Yep. Um, I, I'm Good waiting shoot. for them to drop. And you know what's really cool is I feel like Joe is kind of the antithesis right now. Joe Freshgoods, not Joe LaPuma, of the whole corporate sneaker collab communication technique where if there's a big Nike collaboration, 
you're going to get some officially crafted tweets around it from a brand or a partner. And you're not going to be able to really ask questions of that person and figure out Joe's like, so out here on Twitter and like, yeah, you know, yeah. talking to people and being like, this is what I wanted to do. This is, and even the Chicago release where he did it in Chicago and a million people pulled up and mm -hmm. there were some issues, but he was again, transparent that line about was that. Crazy. It was in the park. Yeah. You, you know, didn't announce and, it to like the, the morning of or whatever. Yeah. And you know, he was like talking about, Oh, I'm, I'm sorry that this happened with security guards and things like that. But, it just feels so much more human than we see from other brands, mm -hmm. and I love that. And I think it's the best New Balance of the year, you know, with the whole package and the, the clothing and the box and all the little details. I'm I'm super hyped on that. I love that shoe. Yeah, it looks one of those shoes. Every time I see it, looks better. Yeah. Well, are you gonna get a pair? Uh I did enter the raffle on it. Okay. <laughs> okay. Fingers crossed. Wait. Speaking of raffles, or this isn't really a raffle, but. Off-white Nike Dunks exclusive access. Are we? I don't care about. I it. I, I didn't get any. Okay. I don't. I feel like you guys don't try on sneakers app as no. much as I do. No, I you're there I for try. everything. I, I didn't you're, try. You're I'm tapped trying. in literally. Do you I'm, actually want the shoes though? Um. Yeah, I would like them. I don't know if I I might end up reselling them if I did get them, but uh, you know, I, I hate the exclusive access program they're doing for it. Like that whole this whole thing of not knowing whether or not you're being considered. Like, it's it's just so opaque like i can't tell what's happening maybe this is why you guys don't try not, I, I don't. the black ones are the only ones that i would probably wear yeah although you should open up the sneakers app and tap or you got to give them some engagement although i did little hint i did wear white sneakers we're not gonna say where i i wore white sneakers coming up you'll see you'll Wait, see it soon do That's i know like it or that, is that you a hit know. for the people who are listening or watching? Yeah, not or you a hit guys. For you us? guys know. No, you guys know. Where you wore white? Oh, I know, I know. exactly yes, yes, where. Yes. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. Okay, so yes, yes, yes. That's coming. And we will say Did nothing you else Diddy's all white party? <laughs> no, it wasn't Diddy's all white party. The Michael Rubin <laughs> party in the Hamptons? No. Uh, oh my I wanted to talk about this, and I want to get your guys' point on it. The Travis Jordans, the past, what, two, the, both of them dropped in the past three weeks or two weeks? It's been three weeks, right? Yeah, it almost feels like a month. I know. Is he getting into territory that they're as hyped as maybe the off-white Chicago ones? Or no? Hmm. I mean, Is it even they're... close? I had that thought this weekend, and I, and I don't really have the answer. I wanted to gauge your guys. I mean, Take I think on strictly on resale value, and resale value is, I think, not always the right way to indicate whether a shoot's good or not, but is a good way to evaluate whether or not it has hype or how much hype it has. And... Those Travis Scott Jordan One High fragment is selling for right around three thousand dollars. That's more than the the uh, off white Chicago Jordan One was selling for right when it yeah. came out. Now the Jordan I mean, One is in a different place different now. Time but, yeah, too, yeah, but still, like that that shoe is. Yeah. Also, feel like Travis is getting closer to Virgil territory in mm -hmm. some way where mm -hmm. I'm not going to like compare the two of them yeah. because they're such different. Totally. People. Yeah, I didn't like, mean to compare them no, to just the shoes, but also like I'm not saying saying it's like hit or miss but it's also becoming a little bit to the point where like there's certain virgil shoes that go for a ton of money and then mm -hmm. there's also like nike off-white stuff that isn't as covetable you know and, and is it as interesting yeah and i actually like uh, i'm not gonna say i like it but when you see it coming up where he has like all the air max ones coming out and then you see he also has the air trainer one coming out where there's almost like different travis. tiers of travis product at this point where there is the super hype stuff but then there's also like the 270 which i think mm. is a natural progression you can't mm. i don't think every single one could yeah. be especially with how many they're making exactly. making like travis doesn't feel like 
in my head, I'm like, oh, he's not at the Virgil level in terms of how prolific he is with Nike, and he's not. But still, you think about how many Nike shoes Travis Scott is going to release in a given year, and you're like, oh shit, that's a lot. And to yeah. me, it's too many. Like, I I feel like we would benefit from having less of them, but Nike doesn't seem to. Agree it's just with printing that. money for them. Those lows are really good, though. Travis Scott, Jordan. The lows are really good. I like from from the pictures. Yeah. The, the like different shades of yellow. Yeah. Kind of or like like the aged. Yeah, yeah, look really, really good. And the lows remind me of my unofficial signature intramural soccer shoe at UConn, the Jordan One New Retro Low, which <laughs> I'm sure you do not like. You do not like that shoe. Also, you, you the New the Retro Jordan, Low. Yeah, what, how did this come into your life? And I was just wearing that super finish line shoe. I just was Got definitely finish line. One of those shoes that like ended up in the college packing bag, and yeah. I wore it on turf, which. Really could have went bad to play soccer in those. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only crazy thing is on Goat and Flight Club right now they're two thousand dollars. <laughs> How did? That's not a real price. Yeah, that's like <laughs> someone must ad- know the, trying to the, head crack. Someone well, knows I knew eight oh eight. Okay, eight oh eight. But yeah, Wealthy probably listed them this morning. Yeah, the new, the this shoe. Yeah, with the Wings logo, I wore it all the time at college. Don't but look- I, those Travis one lows. Really, really good. I really like those. Are you in pursuit of them at all? Again, I, I would ask if you tried on the sneakers app, but it sounds like neither of you guys tried on the sneakers app. Nobody tried on the raffle, I presume. It just yeah, and it just feels so ridiculous that I mean if people want to, I don't I wanna I don't wanna tell anyone how to spend their money, but the idea of spending two thousand dollars to buy a shoe that you actually intend on wearing, it's just I don't know, I can't, I can't really like right. rationalize that in my head. I feel like Joe's looking up resale prices right no. now. Joe, are you like you want the shoe, or what's the plan? I, I would, I mean, if I could get a sh- the shoe, I would like the the lows. I think more. What's than the most highs. you would pay for it? I haven't. I don't know yet. I don't know. I Put the price out it. there because the people will. The people no, will respond. They'll I haven't come thought in your about it. I haven't thought about it. I did get the Awake A6. Yeah, I've been. I and those are growing on me. The more I see them, they remind me. Hey, look. can I get some credit? Yeah, he, he wore them and they look great. They looked great. I got them. I I bought them. I got them from I think Sneaker Politics. Okay. And basic Joe Keanu. And I want to try to get the Joe Fresh Goods for sure. Yeah, Joe Fresh Goods New Balance is high on the list for me. You know what? I actually it's funny we were talking about just now me wearing those Kianos on the show, and we've talked on the show before about how much we have to keep our sneakers versatile or not wear the same things again and again, and. I think Welty and Joe, I think you were in on this. We kind of agreed that, you know what? We don't need to be wearing, for this show, a different shoe every single time. It just gets stressful. Shooting two shows. Well, you guys had to bring two chains of clothes today, right? Uh, You might see me in the same outfit. Really? (laughs) Actually, no, I have a couple. We'll see. It used to be always like the concept of like you needed like new sneakers, new t-shirt, like new hat or whatever for like every wardrobe budget. Yeah, for every single shoot, and then like you realize like how much you accumulate, and you're just like, I I saw. It's funny though. I wanted to bring it up because there was this this IG post somebody tagged me in, and this cartoonist guy drew. Oh, this was funny. An illustration of me, and I was like, oh, that's cool. That was your whole Russia joke. Yeah, and um, this guy in the comments, what did he say? He said, "I sorry, I have to." He said, "Too bad." So the guy drew the illustration of me, and I'm wearing. The blue and white Nike Dunk Low with a little bit of like gold or yellow on yeah. it. A shoe that I've worn. Almost like the Carolina blue one? Yeah. Yep. A shoe that I've worn on full size run and maybe I wore them for the podcast one time. Yeah. You, yeah. And there's that. like a photo of me on IG. And I'm sorry to give all this detail, but this okay. guy goes, 
too bad you keep wearing those lame-ass dunks. I'm like, are you really? First of all, you have no idea how many times I've worn the shoe. Second of all, is me wearing a shoe publicly three times too many times for me to wear a shoe? If that's the case, I wear the the same (laughs) shoes over and over. Yeah. Like, what? Wear what you like, you know? (laughs) Wear what you like. I was like, are you really keeping track? You have no idea how much I wear the shoe. And who cares? I feel like the only, getting to the point where it's like, I don't want to say it's the only rule, but it's like just don't wear the same shoe twice in the same season. Yeah, I, I wouldn't wear the. I mean, I, I feel stupid even talking about it because again, it's like who but cares? I've, I'm I've also like up. thought about because during like the whole pandemic with all the remote shoots. I'm not yeah. saying those episodes don't matter. Go and watch them. Please get our views up. But <laughs> like, th- there were so many shoes that like during the whole pandemic when you're shooting in the house and then like you're putting the shoe on, like you're obviously recording it like in socks, and then you put the shoe on for like two seconds and like take the sticker cam photo. Movie sorry magic. For, sorry for the <laughs> behind the scenes magic, but you're like. <laughs> You feel like you didn't really even wear the shoe, mm-hmm. and now that like you're back in studio, I'm like, I actually want to wear half of these shoes that I only wore for 30 seconds on. One one question to that point. Is there a sneaker that you absolutely have to wear at least one episode each season? You mean like a shoe that I'll bring back? No. I, on Full Size Run, I won't repeat. Just, really? Just so the guy on IG knows. Wow. You know what I mean? And, you know, it, Impressive. You kind of have like Thank a you. running tally in your head because, you know, certain people give you certain shoes and you're like, oh, if someone sent me this, I really want to wear it for this episode or I want to wear it this season. But then it's like you have a running tally of like the next three episodes yeah. of the shoes you kind of want to break out. But then you get like sent something else or you get another shoe and then like it kind of like pushes the other one back and then sometimes yeah, it yeah, keeps yeah. it yeah. getting the pushed further changes. and further back and – a perfect segue because our eBay sneaker giveaway of the week, our question actually pertains to being gifted sneakers. Should we should we get to the question first or do we want to get to the sneakers first? Let's get to the question because it's... Shouldn't we crack it open for the anticipation? It's all they've been waiting for. Okay, so crack, oh, it, crack, it crack, it crack it open. Crack it open. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> adding, adding some drama to it. Yes. eBay sneaker giveaway of the week. Each week we're giving away a free pair of shoes here on the Complex Sneakers Podcast. Wealthy, what is it this week? Uh... This is a shoe I've been waiting for to see and hold in my hand for mm-hmm. a long time. This is the Concepts New Balance 998 C Note 2013. This was on, I believe this was like a top three shoe or top five shoe of the year back when you guys used to do the the panels, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Clark. And I, I'm surprised you haven't owned this shoe already. This yeah. looks like this. I know that like you have a lot of shoes that looks like a fit shoe. your this Matt is... Welty sneaker DNA. This mm-hmm. looks exactly like something that you would cherish. Yes. Exactly. This shoe was inspired by the new $100 bills at the time mm-hmm. with all the coloring on it. Just a really nice quality shoe. Um, if I didn't know you didn't own that, I could imagine a picture of you fit. like this, smiling <laughs> after a workout. You know, you always fold your, your hands across yep. your chest. Got long arms. Yeah, yep. that's, yep, that's, I can, so. Accentuate the muscles a exactly. little bit. Um, yeah. So, yeah, uh, these are made in USA. Nice suede. And Brendan, a viewer of ours, will be getting the Yeah, that's right, that's right. We are giving away a free pair of these. So every week we are looking through the user-submitted questions and picking out one, and the person who we pick out is going to get a free pair of sneakers courtesy of eBay and their Authenticity Guarantee Program. And if they're not your size, don't worry. You can sell them on eBay. No seller fees. People always asking us, how to do this? Where do we submit these questions? This is how you submit the question. Go to ebay.complex.com. You can submit your question, your information. We will look through. We will handpick a question. This week, we have picked a question Mm -hmm. from Adele in the Bronx asking, what was the first sneaker you were gifted in the sneaker media game? 
we do get some free sneakers. We try not to gloat about it. We try to give a lot away and, and help people out. No, I'm not going to give you any sneakers. Um, but what was this first sneaker you remember getting for free, courtesy of the company? I feel like I have not as good as this guy to my right, but I have a semi-good memory. There is no way I could know what my first yeah. gifted sneaker is. I will say one of that stands out that I've never really – one gifted group of sneakers that – stands out that I've never really talked about. 2008, Gilbert Arenas had... The, <laughs> Gilbert Arenas had a set of Adidas. I think it was like 20 Adidas. Yep. Different colorways, all different themes of stuff yep. that he was into. When I, And I think Russ Bankston will remember this. When I tell you that, we would just walk in to Complex and it would just be boxes and boxes. Adidas, I think, gifted all 20 of them. And, I, I, and it was... I just remember it was like a never... Ending and it was fairly early in my career, 2008. Yeah. So yeah. two years yeah. full time at Complex. The boxes, the boxes of the Adidas Gilbert Arenas, uh, the Guild Two Zero, 20 different colorways, and I think they gifted me and Russ all 20 each. Did you wear them? I did a lot of shoes. To I ever didn't wear them. I didn't play. They, they were like an on court, more so on court. You were playing basketball with them. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if I ever wore them, but it was kind of cool. Some to, game footage. It, I obviously appreciate them gifting, but it was like to see all the different yeah. themes. I mean, and that, Gilbert's sneaker history is pretty awesome. He wore the Dolce Gabbana's. That, I mean, that's that's, that's yeah. is that pretty fitting, Joe, with your on court play to wear the Gilbert Arena shoe? So a lot of those attributes kind of align. Are you saying he's a Gilbert Arena? Uh, I, I don't know. What are you getting at? Oh, I mean, you said you're, you know, a couple fouls, a couple rebounds. Uh... I don't show up in the box score, but I do the intangibles very <laughs> Okay? The box score looks a little light, but the intangibles, you can't. Some wild things might happen in the locker room afterwards. No. No. Not with I'm Joe LaPuma. No. Not with Joe LaPuma. No. Okay, Welty, Welty, do you remember, this is this is our question from our viewer do you down in the Bronx. Yes. First sneaker you were gifted. Um, so this is one I had actually um, talked to someone about the other day because it set off a pretty nice run for myself. Um, I think it was someone at Reebok had hit me up and N Clothing was doing an Instapump collaboration mm -hmm. when, back when they did all the Instapump collaborations. Mm -hmm. And they wanted me to, I think it was N's first sneaker collaboration. And then they've done a million of them mm -hmm. since. It was the beginning of the end. Yes, the beginning saying. of the end. Yeah. Um, and they had done a pair of like red wine inspired uh, Insta pumps. And they just wanted to build a relationship with me. So they wanted to do a quick interview on it. So they sent me, uh, you know, those sneakers um, as one of the first shoes I got gifted, which was nice because it wasn't just through Reebok. I ended up having a nice connection with End and ended up doing something with them around the Saucony Burger shoes, yeah. which came out after, which I'm becoming a grail for some people. Yeah, that was um, a big Saucony moment. Yeah, but have had a good relationship with them since, which has been quite fruitful on the free sneakers situation. So it uh, mm. one of those early on things that played out pretty well at Beautiful. the end of the day it all worked out at the end of the day steady stream of free <laughs> yeah. sneakers the viewers at home are feeling so comforted by this idea of matt wealthy getting every end shoe that ever happened um i think i think the first shoe i ever got gifted actually was not from a brand so my friend and i think he was my manager at the time john kim when i was working at sneaker news yep. he had sent me a pair of lebron nine dunk man the dunk man color nice. because he had gotten them for free and, and it was just a, a, a sign of goodwill of him being like look you're writing for the site. Nobody knows who you are, but you you know you deserve to enjoy some of these things as well. But then I think a couple years later, I think maybe it was a Fila 
cage the shredder version of the fila cage you know like the teenage mutant ninja turtles collaboration which if you know me and we don't have to get into it here because we have limited time teenage mutant ninja turtles was very close to my heart but Mm -hmm. that that fila cage shredder was definitely one so that 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 was some of the early free sneakers for me and the most important thing is not us it's the free pair of sneakers that's going to yes adele in the bronx courtesy of ebay this is the concepts new balance c-note pair we hope you enjoy Let's get to our guest. Yes. <laughs> well, we've been off for two weeks. Happy to be back. And we are really extremely happy to have this returning guest. He is the co-founder of The Hundreds. He is a best-selling author and one of the most important voices in streetwear. Welcome back, Mr. Bobby Hundreds. That's quite an intro. Thank you, everyone, for having me back. I'm, I was... So excited driving to work this morning to be able to hang out with the boys again. Yes. I wish I was there. Us too. We wish you were in studio. We got this new studio, fairly new studio. Next time you're in New York. Maybe not the next yeah. time, but but we got to. We'll get, we'll get yeah. to it. But, but I, I feel like it's fitting that Bobby isn't here with us physically because this man is so big on the metaverse yes. and the virtual world. Like he's ready to jack into the matrix with the thing in the back of his head. There's no more fitting way, I feel like, than having Bobby beaming to us Absolutely. Via, Definitely. Via the internet. Sometimes, Bobby, you know, I read the, the Instagram captions or the tweets and I get some of it. Some of it I don't, though. So that's why I'm happy he's here to break down everything. And to be honest, um, you know, one thing that we, we were just talking about was the Travis Scott Jordan releases of recent weeks. And you wrote an essay basically talking about NFTs and how it relates to not physically having product. And it, it went viral. It's fair to say it went viral. I would hope so. Yeah. I w- I, I'm glad to hear that. Yeah. And we wanted to dig a little deeper for people who may not understand fully the NFT, is that fair to say? Yeah. Like, I know we don't really understand it. Dunn, who, <laughs> Dunn, who I feel like understands a lot of things, even admittedly <laughs> oh, said. Oh, thank you. you even admittedly wow. said that you, you can't <laughs> my, fully understand. We're all the good intros. Bobby Hundreds, you know, a historic figure, and me understands a lot. Would you say under, understands a lot of things? Yeah, <laughs> you do. <laughs> Bobby, how many, how, many, how many Ethereum coins do we need to put a NFT of you on set? in post that can sit right next to us i i i don't i don't know um but i will be i'm more than happy to try to figure that out if we know, can raise you know you're worth an ad tax right yes <laughs> the, the reality is guys is that nobody Wait, quite understands are we, the, are we well, talking the actual right. physical the meat virtual space? the i think the more conceptual spiritual reality of this all is that nobody understands the totality of NFTs or the metaverse, and including me. I think that's why I'm so intrigued by the subject, is that we're all just piecing together a definition in real time. I think, yeah. look, Bitcoin has been around for 10 years, and most people still don't have Bitcoin, let alone do they understand it. It's been 10 years, and it's also a mainstream subject. NFTs have been around, but the active conversation around it really started in December or January, February of this year. Mm-hmm. And so we're still, the, the, the definition is materializing. Do not beat yourself up if any of this is confusing. That's kind of the point. That's why a lot of us are so intrigued with it. If it's not your subject matter, you don't have to participate. Life will continue. You'll be just fine without it. 
It's just for certain people. We love the topic. There's so many thoughts I've had about NFTs, Bobby, over the past year, and I haven't put them out on Twitter because I see you mm. tweeting about it all the time, and I value our friendship. And I he just can only handle one Twitter beef. Chris Vidal at 3 a.m. is the only one that he could handle, so that's why he hasn't got into two Twitter beefs with uh, some some industry stars. Don't, I mean, look, Wealthy, I'm friends with Russ still somehow, right? Russ Bankston. And we are, <laughs> I don't know if anyone is more critical about NFTs than, than he's been in the last year. So Russ we have, we have good dialogue about it. Yeah. <laughs> Some very strong opinions. But Bobby, so the Jordan, how it relates though to the Travis Scott, you blurred out the image. Go check it on his Instagram if you haven't seen. Yeah. And go check it on the, on the, the Hundreds website. And breaking it down, I know that there's a lot of nuance in it and a lot of layers, but is it essentially like you're saying the got it screen could actually take over seeing shoes on people's feet in real life because they're so hard to get? Yes. Okay. I, in a way, yes. I, I, I think um, this, this theory, I guess, or this discussion – in my brain started many years ago, right? Like with many, with all of you on stage now was what is this sneaker culture really about? Is it actually about the sneakers? Is it about the reselling? Is it about the status associated with them? It's fair to say that some of the collectors from our gen generation, if not most, were more into it because of the community aspects or because mm -hmm. of the design aspects. For me, a lot of the collectability had to do with my infatuation with product design and sneaker design. And I was really curious about that and storytelling. Mm. Um, and then over the last 10 years, we've all become somewhat critical of how this marketplace works and how so much of this is hype fueled. And it's really just about making a profit for certain sneaker collectors. And that mm -hmm. is an aspect of the game that uh, is not very appealing to me. And so I think the conversation or the thought process started there. And then in the wake of what's been going on with NFTs and the metaverse and all this crazy discussion about what is real and what's not real, we've come to, well, I've come to this conclusion that a JPEG, like a Beeple piece of art mm -hmm. or a CryptoPunk, which is just a square picture of a one-of-one -one punk rock looking character, or a board ape, which is kind of the 2021 version of CryptoPunk. These JPEGs also accomplish many of the things that we are trying to do with sneakers in terms of a certain status and image, in terms of rare, rare, rarefication, and also in terms of resale value on the secondary market, mm. right? And these limited edition, like all these different mm. attributes that come with NFTs are very parallel, if not similar, or exactly the same as what we see in sneaker culture, except you don't actually own anything physically tangible in the real world with an NFT. With sneakers, it's not the same because there are physical sneakers involved, mm -hmm. but when you consider the fact that there's only so many sneakers being produced, number two, why do we even need a produce, or why should we produce them in a time of severe climate crisis, right? There's a lot of issues in discussion debate being had around manufacturing and sustainability. Mm -hmm. uh, Greta Thunberg, who I quoted in the article, who is, is a, a big face for this type of discussion, she hit it on the head in that 
fashion, no matter what it tries to do, cannot surmount the discussion or the argument around sustainability. It is impossible. The very fact that fashion exists is wasteful, mm. right? And so should we even be making the shoes? Do we even need to make the shoes if the people that are trading them never even put them on their feet? Uh, and then I start taking it even further in the sense of, you probably won't get the shoes just because there's so much demand. There's only so much can, that Nike can do. In some ways, I'm on Nike's side with a lot of this. It's not like they can make 8 billion pairs of shoes Wait, why for not? everybody that, on the yeah. planet. Well, That's what people that, always are like, why where Nike, they stand Nike on just it. make a bunch more shoes? I see a lot of young yeah. retailers saying this on social media all the time. Why doesn't Nike just make more shoes and then people won't get hurt or have to have to worry about paying a bunch of money for them? Perhaps they can. I don't know the mechanical logistics of what's going on within their facilities, but I know for a fact as a brand owner myself, the demand far out exceeds the the infrastructure and the production that mm. like how much I can actually produce. Even if you right? wanted to. Even if I wanted to, we're buckling under that. And in fact, many uh, brands, companies are having to deal with that. You're, if you go out to your local restaurant these days, they're understaffed. It's not that they yeah. don't want to make more food. It's yeah. that they can't handle it. And it's and you're seeing it with all companies. My biggest thing with this that's like I feel like I've been struggling with, like with the whole NFT, like crypto world, is that like unlike Jada Kiss, and I don't mean this as a joke really, but like we haven't really been outside. <laughs> oh, People haven't you been. You don't mean this as a joke? The, that is the <laughs> definition a of a joke. Yes. No, but I want to get to serious point. But we setup. haven't been outside. <laughs> we, have, we haven't been outside in the past, whatever, like, you know, year or two and it's almost like we've created this like imaginary world that everyone's living in yeah. where it's almost like we're so far detached some people are so far detached from actual reality because they've been sitting in their house for the past year and it's also like kind of correlated with this whole rise of like make-believe sneakers on the internet you know and mm -hmm. imaginary money so it's like i just wonder how much like that's facilitated the like the the, some people having the idea that like some of these things are super valuable mm -hmm. when in reality it's like like you know a couple months ago jeff staples like air force one knockoff looking shoe nft sold for more than his pigeon dunk and we all have to be you know honest with ourselves that's that's not worth more than the pigeon dunk you know mm -hmm. what i mean like people like threw some crypto coins at it and it went for like fifty thousand dollars and all of a sudden people are saying oh this thing's worth so much money and it's like it's not right now i would agree with you welty right now it's not and i think um but you do have to factor in with crypto and nfts and all this meant first talk is that so much of this is about speculation right it's not saying that right now that the pigeon dunk is worth more or less than this it's the prediction or we are hedging on the fact that perhaps in the next 10 years, 100 years, this will be the most valuable thing. If everything in our universe and all the data is pointing in one direction, that we're only going to continue to go more and more and deeper online, then we need to accrue assets online, then we need to build our status more and more online, because we're seeing each other less and less in the physical space, for whatever reason, right, like the metaverse, is a welcome retreat for a lot of people who find the world inhospitable in various ways, whether it's because of climate change, it's too hot to go outside, or there's a pandemic, and so I don't want to get sick, or perhaps you're dealing with some kind of sociopolitical issue in your community where you don't feel welcome, and you don't, you don't feel safe going out into the world, 
or you just have a social anxiety disorder. There's many reasons why people are saying we're going to continue going deeper and deeper into online living. And to your point, I think that is what happened over the last year and a half is that we all woke up and I touch on this in the essay and realized, wait, this transition into lockdown wasn't as jarring or as disruptive as many of us thought it would be. When I was growing up in the 80s and 90s, if there was a pandemic and a lockdown, it would have completely transformed my life. Bobby, I didn't wear pants for six months. It it changed my life. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like you probably were already in that mindset anyways, but you're just putting on the pants just to, you know, not to bewilder your, your friends and family. But the, the, the pandemic kind of alerted us to the fact of, wait, so many of our social relationships are online. Like, you guys, like, when was the last time I actually physically saw you in person? But yeah. so I've kept in touch with you and we've maintained our relationships yeah. and friendships online. So if our relationships are online, our school and our work is handled online. A lot of our transactions are being done online. Like, what part of the physical world is now as intact as it was five years, 10 years ago? It is, or it, we're already living in the metaverse is the first part of my argument in my essay. And do you think it's a perfect storm of what you just described, basically the changing social life of not being outside in the pandemic and also kind of the, well, if you don't Instagram it, it doesn't exist. If you don't Instagram that you're on vacation, you're not on vacation. It only is real until you kind of quote unquote flex. Is that, does that basically fuel into this as well? I think a hundred percent. I think social media accelerated or expedited a lot of that social proving a lot of that image association uh with being with flexing online and and to bring it back to so i wrote the essay which i know is really dense it's like a 30 minute read it's five thousand words and i just went i went too deep i kind of everything that i've been building in my brain I, i just kind of threw up on the paper and so i knew there was a certain amount of people that would read that and find it digestible then the Second group of people, I related it to what happened the next morning with the Travis Scott right. uh, fragment, Jordan One Lows. Right? Did you try Those and get them on the sneakers app, Bobby? Of course. I'm always trying. I'm you, always you, trying. You, you, I you wake with up the, and try it? I, I literally try. And I engage with the content. And I'm doing everything I'm supposed to do. And I still don't get them. Um, mm. And I would love to have those shoes, right? But uh, Wait, wait, wait. My, I have to ask. Yes. Why, why would you love to have the shoes? Because I feel like this ties into the relationship that you're talking about with these products yeah. that we want. And it's an important part. Cause like for you, why do you need the physical product at this point? If you're so invested in the idea of the virtual product, I, I want them less than I did than I would have maybe two or three years ago. But as for me, it's a part of the game. I actually don't expect to ever win these shoes, but it's almost <laughs> like, let me just see if I can do it. Yeah. Just this. And if I win them, you know what I'm going to do with them? And I talk about this in the article too. I'm probably not going to wear them. Mm-hmm. But I will take a photo of them and say mm-hmm. that I won them, which more of my friends and family will ever see and my fan base or my audience will ever see than me actually wearing them in person. Right. And so I think we talked maybe had talked about this early in the year or I've talked about this. Otherwise, like this piece of art behind me, maybe you know, the people on staff in my company, they've seen it in person. That's, let's say it's about 40 people right here in the office. Yeah. I've had maybe 50 guests over the last year who've seen it. That's about 100 people have seen it. But I've done so many interviews with this mm-hmm. thing behind me. Hundreds of thousands of people have seen this and known that I own one of these, right? And what whatever that says about me 
over the last year. So your relationship with this art piece has not come by way of you being physically in front of it. So does this even need to exist? Could it just be a filter in the background of this conversation we're having here? So it's, it's that, like if, you know, in the essay, I talk about that Kanye jacket that got yeah. made, right? Yeah, yeah. Like we all know that photo, that, that the red one, the blue one, like we all know what that photo looks like. Uh, we see it blasted on the sides of buildings. We see it being, you know, streamed through our feeds, but you've never actually physically seen one because they don't exist yet. Like they're not even made. I don't think they come out till later in the fall, mm -hmm. but you have a relationship with this jacket and you may live in a town where no one in your school or at your job or your work will ever wear it, but you'll still know the jacket and find it valuable. And it'll get to a point where you may even be able to own one, but you'll flip it so fast. StockX should, I don't know if they have this yet, but they should have a function where they can just store it for you and yeah, you can flip it working on it. quickly. Are they working on that? Wait, what? And so I, then, I like what? So, like a, a thing where you don't even ever get the item. It goes right. You oh know, or God. they can hold the item, you know. This makes me like just not want to be involved. In yeah, but I have stuff. to. Wait, wait, wait. But, hold on. I have to. It's so dumb. Yeah, but what I would say is a <laughs> couple oh questions. A couple man. questions that I'm thinking about. That I'm thinking about, and I want. Okay. I so, want to know why Wealthy's upset, though. You go. You it's to just to so stupid. Like, are we like. Be, like I've had these like conversations with people and it's like I got into like arguments with like Franelations about it because he's like posting his like blow up Batman dolls that he's trying to tell me are worth like forty thousand dollars and I'm like, dude, it's not. <laughs> and and I'm like, dude, like at some point like these the stuff NFTs, you're the, yeah, the stuff you're doing, I'm like because I know that like you're telling all these kids that they need to hop on this NFT and buy it so they can flip it and do this. I'm like, at what point is it a scam that you're kind of like convincing people where it's almost like multi-level marketing and like doing it and you and the ways I mean I don't want to get into it. I love the friend relations. Who's a friend? No, of us all. absolutely yes. friend of the but show. It's like the, friend the, of the brand. I know, and I'm, I'm saying this as like an actual discussion, but it's like define the word scam, and it's like when you get down to that <laughs> that aspect of it, it's like we all know that this is like there's some like amount of bullshit going through it, you know. Three hundred percent, and I think uh, that scam, right? This argument around whether this is a scam or not. You can take it even further to is Nike a scam, right? And what they are building within sneakers this industry and marketplace. Scam. <laughs> sneakers app is, is sneakers a app a scam, right? And then on the crypto side, a lot of uh, crypto enthusiasts, they say, well, is, is the U.S. currency, is that a scam, right? Is just how the financial system works, is that a, like it is set up in such a way that the rich can only get richer and the haves and the have-nots, the disparity will only grow. So my investment into the blockchain and crypto has always come from a fact of I just love to see the re redistribution of wealth. I love to see people have an equal opportunity of making money in a way that these walls have been erected, you know, over time to where there's inherited wealth, inherited education. And we could perhaps surmount and overcome a lot of this stuff through the use of crypto. NFTs are the same to me. The reason why I'm so into it is that regular artists are getting paid. Yeah. Right. So the, the reason why I even got into it in back in December last year, November, December last year was, you know, I'd heard the pitch and I understood I got it. But when people started explaining it in a way of, hey, there are content creators out there that are doing all the work. We're writing the captions. We're posting the Instagrams. We're posting our TikToks. 
Meanwhile, the tech companies, these startups and these apps are making all the money off of our backs, off of advertising revenue. Right. User-generated content yeah. and they're selling ads against it. <laughs> right. And so Zuckerberg and all these guys are getting richer while artists continue to stay the same, if not get poorer. And over the last eight months or so, I've seen so many friends of mine, new friends, young artists, young brands making mm -hmm. money for the first time in a way that they've never seen because they can actually speak directly to their audience, right? And so that's what NFTs allow. And whether it's a scam or not, I mean, we can, I agree. There's parts of this that are very scammy. There's a lot of people that can get hurt, get manipulated. A lot of people whose MetaMask or crypto wallets are getting drained because this stuff is hackable. And so that's out there, but that's gonna happen. I think the overall idea though, and the philosophy around it, I think is moving in a direction to where we can possibly help clean up the environment for one. And then number two, get smaller people paid instead of just Nike making all the money or just Facebook or Google. Um, last point about that is in the essay, the meat of the article is me talking about how NFTs and the metaverse can change the future of fashion design and also the future of fashion business. And one example I give up on the business side is that, um, you know, we're working on a technology right now with our NFTs to where if you own one, you can print the we'll make it so that you can buy the clothes featuring your NFT. Other right. people will be able to buy it and then you will get paid off of the royalties off of that. And so I bring that back to Nike and this discussion of whether or not there's a, it's a scam or whether any of this is ethical. Um, I was writing that essay while I was looking down at my feet mm -hmm. and I was wearing Nike and I wear Nike almost every single day as I've always have. And I realized, hey, I'm an influencer. I should get paid for advertising Nike every day. I'm not just an influencer. Anyone who has a social media account, a TikTok, an Instagram, if you have six followers, even if you're not on social media and you're just an influential person in your community where you walk around town, you go to the barbershop and people ask you about what you're wearing, you're an influencer. You should get paid by Nike for shilling for their brand, right? I think that's something that no one has quite thought of before in the brand space. It's just always been like, oh, I wear it because I feel like I'm a part of right. this community. Like yeah. But you don't actually have any real ownership or you don't share in the upside. And perhaps we can resituate ourselves with our brands in a way where if you're wearing a brand, you should be somehow paid for it in a proportionate way for how in, much you've been promoting Instead of giving them all your, all your money, all your time, all your like mental, you know, talking about sneakers app being a scam, that was partially a joke, but also it's a psyop where we're, we're giving them all the attention that we have and all the energy that we have and very often getting nothing in return. Bobby, this might be, a, yeah. I guess, I don't know if this is a complicated question. So I know when you're on full size run, we're talking about, you know, you kind of wanting to do a Nike collab is maybe kind of like a lifelong kind of fulfillment. Like if you actually got the opportunity to make the shoe, but we're talking about, you know, your thoughts about, is do we need these shoes do we not need them are they bad for the environment so if you finally got a nike collaboration and they told you they were going to make a hundred thousand units of it given your thoughts with the environment and everything would you turn it down on moral principles at this point no no i i, I don't think uh so look let's be honest number one i own a brand mm -hmm. i'm not yeah. slowing down on making clothes anytime soon the overarching goal, right, and I don't know how long this is going to take, is that I can move enough people into the metaverse side of ownership of our brand. With, instead of buying a t-shirt featuring the design, maybe the 
NFT might be enough for you because you can show that you own it on your Instagram. You can put it in your avatar as your profile picture, and you're still associated with, wow, you're one of the few hundred people who got that. That's one pretty cool. Like, I tried it. One of the hundreds who got that. Like, that's <laughs> pretty cool. But it's not going to happen overnight, right? And I think that there's still something to be said for physical product and physical ownership. I think both can exist. But I want to just see a general movement in a direction where we can reduce the amount mm -hmm. of pressure we're putting on the environment, to reduce the amount of consumption we're doing physical sneakers, especially if we get to this destination we're talking about with Brandon, with, you know, if StockX starts building this into their marketplace where people will never actually physically hold the shoes. That's not my thing. Like, I'm not really a reseller, right? But for a lot of people who participate in sneakers, it is. And it's always been a part of the game. I was doing, I was reading these, uh, these essays from 20 years ago in this bread and butter book. Um, anyways, a bunch of brands and designers were complaining about streetwear and blogs at the time that inter that the internet was kind of opening up the game for too many people to get involved. And everyone was complaining about two things. They were saying the internet is ruining streetwear. And then number two, that reselling was ruining streetwear because of this new, mm. uh, move towards eBay.com. Right, and that was 20 years ago, and it's not like streetwear died at that time. That iteration of streetwear Bobby, and sneaker collecting died. eBay sponsors this podcast, so, eBay. so be very, very careful. <laughs> be very, very careful how you speak right now. Well, I'm just saying that eBay was a pioneer in I the reselling that. space. I love that. That's the whole quote. Yep. eBay was a pioneer in yep. the reselling space. <laughs> hundreds. eBay was a pioneer. Yes, that's it. But Bobby, I think, you know, look, yeah. yeah. Go ahead, go ahead. I'll, I'll one, just keep going the, if you don't stop The me. one thing I would ask though, hypothetical, right? Do you think there will be a time you go to meet Seth Rogen or you, you see Seth Rogen and he has the pottery, right? And you have your Brazil dunks on and you start a conversation about the Brazil dunks. And Where are you going? Listen, they're <laughs> basically chopping it up about what shoes you're wearing in the physical versus kind of just posting it on Instagram and an NFT. That... Will that ever be replaceable? A real story of the shoes that you're wearing fit in the physical, and can the two kind of coexist, or or no? I think they could totally coexist. I but think but what I'm saying is parts. like, yeah. there'll never be. What I'm trying to say. Let me let me try to say this better. It's kind of like the old. Well, I used to be able to go into a sneaker store and see a shoe on mm -hmm. the shelf without not seeing it at all. Yeah. Is there any correlation between? Well, if you have it, an image of it or an NFT of it, it's as good where I would say even the Brazil dunks you wore during the pandemic when you may have went outside, not a lot, but like you wrote about it in the essay and we always joke like Bobby Hundreds sold me on the Brazil dunks. <laughs> Influence. Yeah. You know what I mean? So like even mm -hmm. those stories throughout this time, to me, that can never equate to an NFT. Like nobody's selling you on an NFT because you saw it on their Instagram That's account. what I would say. I know that, and listen, we'll edit it, but that's what, what you know, do you guys see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I think that um, it's probably, mm. if, if I can, like partly because we're old and we don't interact in these spaces in a virtual way. I mean, I think But Bobby's, he is. But, and Bobby's imagining a near future where okay. we are having the same memorable experiences or creating memories in a virtual space the same way we might in a physical well, space. Well, I, I guess the like, the, like the connection I see between that where I guess it makes sense to me is that you have memories of like yes. seeing some seeing a sneaker on Nike talk that like you've never seen in or real a magazine. Life. 
in real life, but you saw, you know, Henzo or like some Nike Talk OG post it and you're like, oh, I remember this bape that I saw yeah. someone wearing on a message board, but you never interacted with it. Right. And that's when he was talking, I thought about what about all the old like complex magazine issues with these sneakers that I still have never seen in the physical. Yeah. Bobby, Bobby says oh, this yeah. in the essay. He, he says, and I'm quoting you, Bobby, we've, we've shared deep conversations in forums, worked together over DMs, built memories in group chats like any other IRL relationship. It wasn't long ago that we defined friends as online or in real life. Today, mm. that distinction is evaporating. So you've already set up this, mm. this idea. Yeah. And to your point, um, I have a, this is probably pretty embarrassing, but because I'm the complex sneakers podcast with sneakerheads, I can share this information, but I have, I have folders on my desktop of pictures of shoes that I never had, have not really ever seen out in the wild, but I have strong associations and emotions about them. Give us some, what's in there, give us some. What's in there, Bobby? Uh, rainbow HTM wovens that uh, yes. Bill Murray wears in Lost in Translation. Oh, this is yes. great. Okay, now we're getting okay. in. Now we're getting it. Keep going. A Reebok, uh, this Reebok cross trainer, this Reebok pump, it's a cross training pump. Uh, it was um, a mid that it was called this, I think it was called the CXC. And actually, there was a bunch of these Reeboks at that time that use Hexalite. Um, that were mm. all cross training, kind of like for weight training, even. Was, uh, was these, that the one you did the entire, collaboration on? Yeah, so we ended up bringing it back, but we flipped the colors around. But yeah. I've never actually seen the, the one that the this kid wore in fifth grade. This kid, wow. Peter Lee. He was the coolest Peter. kid because he Peter, had reach out to us. Peter. Open up but the vault, Peter. Shoes, I try to, you know, and I do the same with streetwear t-shirts that I've never seen uh, since, you know, I was a child. Yeah, I've searched Marketplace and maybe there's one photo of like a draws or like a fresh chive tea or something like that. But I have these sneakers and, and I do the same thing where it's almost the same as if I had them in my collection on the floor over here, if not better, because they're more accessible because I'm constantly online. Right. And, and, you know, I share this anecdote a lot. Well, to, you know, just to, to your argument earlier, when I look at my own children and, you know, over Christmas, Christmas morning is, is the best example of this. Mm. They're opening their presents. I got them some new AM 90s. They're like, this is great, Dad. Thanks so much. They look at them for like five minutes. They put them down. Then they jump back into their Fortnite games, their Valorant games, their skins, and their and the 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 their backbling or whatever they're buying online to dress them for the metaverse is more important to them, especially in a pandemic year when they don't go to school. It's wild. Right? And their friends are online. <laughs> I just think this is but, like a reality. Well, Bobby, I don't want, that's a reality I don't listen, want to live in, you know? To be fair, I, to I, I've been trying in. to follow <laughs> I've been trying to follow like as much as possible and not really understanding that much. Contextualizing like that is very easy to digest and wow. Yeah. Well, these upset. I think but imagine, I mean, imagine, young... imagine if you gave them the Christmas present and they opened it up and there was a Nike box and they pull it out and there was a printout picture of the shoe. <laughs> Instead, oh. of, the instead well, of the sneakers, whatever the reaction be. That's still a physical piece because it's a physical piece of paper. But if there's an online digital component of that with some type of utility in their video game, they would love it. And and I don't get that. I'll be straight up. I'm not much of a gamer. I play games. With, you know, I'll play called. I'll play certain games with them, and I don't understand why it's so meaningful for them to have that particular back bling or that spray on Fortnite. But their kid, their friends love it. They're like, yo, you have that? 
that's so cool. Dad, can I get more V-Bucks to yeah. buy more shit in the, in the game? Which is cryptocurrency for their generation. So when I tell my kids about NFTs and crypto and the metaverse, it's seamless for them. They're like, yeah, I get it. Makes total well, sense. Well, Bobby, it's sometimes a, when, I yeah, have young, when I have young artists on sneaker shopping, they know the sneakers because they like bought them in NBA 2K or something. Or really? yeah, like that's happened. That's happened a bunch go. of times. Like where they're like, oh yeah, that's my favorite signature shoe because I wear them in this video game. We're in such danger. This episode is just exposing how old and out of touch we are. <laughs> ask, <laughs> ask any young person in their 20s or even early 30s about Kareem Campbell, uh, Chad Muska, Jamie Thomas, yeah. and if they're going to talk about Leap of Faith or they're going to yeah. talk about you know Thrill of It All videos, no. Their point of reference is Tony Hawk. When, yeah. And you talk about the music from that game, I'm like, did you see them Hell in concert? Yeah. Did you get the CD? They're like, no, I found it on Tony Hawk, right? Wow. And so Tony Hawk's that was their first introduction to the Oh, yeah. Hit different. Oh, yeah. Extremely. <laughs> I'm extremely. not sure. Look, this conversation – most people are just completely uninterested. There's a certain contingent of I'm people who interested. are galvanized and find it intriguing like I do. I'm not fully sold on all of it. I just think the conversation is really, really scintillating. I think this is there is something happening in the culture and momentum. For whatever for my and my reasoning is I think that culture's actually been relatively stagnant for the last twenty years, right? And especially industries have been stagnant for the last 50 years. Mm -hmm. If you think about just like America, right? If you're born in 1900, you were probably living on a farm, churning butter, mm -hmm. uh, you worked tilling the land. By the Sounds time that nice. you were that's a, in that's the your speed, right? That's your speed. Are you right? my speed? Yeah, I can see that. <laughs> but by the time you're in the 1950s and you're an older person, let's say even in the 60s and 70s, you had radios in the house, you probably had one or two television sets, probably had one or two vehicles. Now you live in the city, you work for some type of machine automate, right? So all of the look at think of the transformation in your life. Since the 50s and 60s, life has relatively not changed. We've been living in a pretty stagnant culture and reality. There's been the internet, but what the internet has been up till now has really just been setting it up for in my opinion, what's coming next, which is the metaverse for the next 50 years. Right, I think and some so of these we're brands agree with you too. Like Nike has filed a patent for this thing called Crypto Kicks, where you buy a physical shoe and you have a digital representation of it. I, one of the things that I worry about, though, I feel like sneaker brands still don't even understand properly how to release shoes online because, and we talk about it on most of our shows and our website so frequently, is bots. Like if you push all these shoes and all these products to a digital only thing, doesn't that? open a even bigger door for people to just exploit them like imagine imagine how rarely you're ever going to get a shoe if every shoe or yeah. is a digital only release that only exists online then like i feel like my odds just went even further down really i feel like it perhaps opens up the capabilities or the opportunities one uh, there's an there's a part of my essay where i'm talking about just how this might affect the future of design and I think a lot about that with sneakers themselves. I think about it with almost every type of product design, automotive, industrial design, right? Like when we're on an airplane, I'm like, how have they not innovated on airplanes since they started? I'm still sitting in the same type of chairs. We're still facing the same way. We're still using the same type of toilets since I was yeah. a kid. There's been so much innovation otherwise in other spaces, but airlines were the same. Same with automobiles. The cars, okay, my seat now, is a heart, uh, my seat now has a seat warmer. 
Um, I don't know, like there's a blinker now that flashes on my rear view mirror to let me know something's behind. But other oh, than that, I love that one. It's you this... get the rental car and, yeah. and they have that, that radar in there. Yeah. No, that's... <laughs> it just reminds but me it's of still like, the same. it just reminds me Go of like, you, you seen ready player one. No, I haven't. No. We, we talked about yes. this recently. I haven't seen it. Of course. Yeah. That's a big metaverse. Maybe. Yes, it's the same. It's the same thing where it's like that's what just reminded me of where they live in like this like really bad dystopian future that's like completely rundown version of Ohio, but everyone lives the best life because they dive into this 3D world where they are like a totally different character in what is IRL or or whatever. And I'm just like, are we it's like really getting to a point where people don't even wear shoes anymore, but you have shoes? But Bobby's, we we kind of do. All of us have a lot of shoes that we don't wear. Yeah. I'm literally there's a pile of shoes in the corner over here that I I don't wear and they're gross and I wish <laughs> I just had why this is you, what are I know they? this what, sounds crazy I wish I, I I just have too many shoes. You, yeah. you know like, that people are going to hit you I'm up now. Even... <laughs> if if you ever say you have something that you don't wear or use <laughs> on this show or any sort of platform, yeah. you are going to get people in your DMs. I'll take them oh, off your hands. <laughs> I just have too many but anyway, to the point about innovation, I, I was, you know, when I think about airlines, I think about cars, and then I think about shoes. And although the there's been a there's innovation within the design, of course, right? And in terms of the art and aesthetic of it, but if people are not actually wearing the shoes, right? There are a contingent of collectors who never wear the shoes. They buy them, they trade them. Some of them never physically hold them. They never even see them. They come in, they ship out right away. If you're not wearing the shoes then why do they need to be designed to be worn? Why do they need to be designed in a way where they fit a human's foot, right? Like we can think outside the bounds of physics and we can start making shoes looking pretty crazy. You know, if you look at certain Instagrams like, you know, uh, Oven Space or whatever, some of these brands that are mm -hmm. coming up with ideas for streetwear and sneakers, they're super wacky. And it's not my cup of tea where I'm looking at them like, that's just bad design or that's silly. But I do appreciate that these young designers are like, why are we staying within the confines of what history and tradition have told us about what looks good on a shoe? What if we made this part look like that when we throw a hamburger on the side of it and have like a metal prong sticking out the other side? I don't know. Like, but that to me is interesting design, at least. I feel like there's something innovative there that we might get to a place where there might be something completely new in the next 10 years, five years, even next one year. The, the, the place we're in now, you mentioned the word earlier in this program, inhospitable. Sometimes it can feel inhospitable in terms of the scene around sneakers or how hard it is to get them. Bobby, I want to talk with you while we have you here about what happened in L.A. recently, what happened on Melrose with the shooting at, at Shoe Palace. You know, rest in peace. I think his name is Jaron Bradford. Um, this, this type of crime around sneakers, so for people who didn't see the story, a young man in his 20s was shot dead over over a raffle for the shoes by a 16 year old yes yeah, so somebody's been arrested and it's 16 years old uh, th these things are always really hard to process and and figure out wh who needs to be held accountable or who's to blame uh, bobby i you know we, we don't need answers from you but just like what was your reaction when you first saw this and and where do we go from here and, and is melrose really like this because i've I've not spent a lot of time in LA, but I've heard people talking about how sketchy it can get on Melrose, and I've heard stories about sneaker stores being robbed. And I was out there briefly a couple months ago, and you know, there's people doing like uh, the three card money or like the ball and cup game scamming, and it's it's. I'm just like, what is going on out there? 
Yeah, it, it was, um, to be frank, it's still really disturbing when I think about it, and especially when I was watching some of those videos. It was hard that week not to just convert to being an entire nihilist about everything. Yeah, I was like, what is the meaning of anything if mm-hmm. your life can be stolen that immediately on both sides? And even the, the shooter, the 16-year-old kid His who did some committed an atrocious act, but I also do feel for a 16-year-old kid who felt the need to have to do that and didn't see beyond the repercussions of how that affects so many lives, including his own, for the rest of his life and rest of his time here on this planet. So it was really hopeless for me, and it still really is. I cannot process it. I think that's maybe the point, is that Mm -hmm. this doesn't make sense. Uh, it's hard for me to point the finger at any one thing or say it's because of Nike or it's because of shoe or it's because of sneakers. Um, I'm looking more deeper into the mind of that young person with the gun, why he felt the need to carry it, what that said about him and his mind state. Was he walking around paranoid all the time? Was he doing it as an act of aggression? Was he doing it just because of his peers and that's the social climate right now because so many people have readily accessible guns right now, especially in California, gun ownership just skyrocketed over the pandemic for a multitude of reasons. Has this been a thing at all? You've been on Fairfax, which intersects with Melrose and it's all kind of the same yeah. district. Has this been a thing, violence over streetwear, violence over sneakers in that area in the long time that you've been there? Yeah, of course, especially, uh, you know, when the physical lineups at Supreme were a thing, a lot of those kids were getting robbed, mm-hmm. right? That we see we, that happens. That's always been essentially a part of the game, right? Um, I think it's happening more now. I don't have the data to back that up. Sure, sure. It seems like yeah. it's happening more over the last year. Um, I think that, um, you know, there's more media attention being given to it because it's really sensational. We also all remember the cover sports illustrated when kids mm-hmm. were getting yep. Yep. murdered for shoes when we were growing up. And that was bizarre to even comprehend then. Um, but is it about shoes or is it about just, you know, teenage dynamics? I had a kid that I was growing up with. We were at a party. Uh, he's 14 year old. Uh, no, he's we were younger, 13 or 14 year old Korean American kid like me. Uh, some essays rolled up on him and was just asking him for a cigarette or like to get a, a lighter. And he pulled out his gun and he just blasted one of those, those fools. And like that friend of mine is still in jail. It didn't make any sense to me at the time. It makes even less sense to me now how that happens. Yeah. Uh, but, but young teenagers, they're in a in this really vulnerable, precarious state, right? We, growing up in the 90s, I vividly remember kids walking up to the teacher with a gun, pointing it at the temple, like doing that constantly in class. And that is insane to think about but it's also really strange time in a young person's life um also compounded with everything else that's going on look if the general state of the world is set up in such a way like how wealthy feels where you're like dude what is the point of any of this like this is all really crazy if you're looking at the climate if you're looking at our politics and just how polarized people are i don't know i mean how does that trickle down to young people on how they view everything where they're like, I might not even be here in 50 years. What does it matter? What does it matter if I'm not here in five years, 10 years? And, and, you know, the generation above us just ruined it for everybody. Like those kinds of, I think it's deeper than just, Oh, it's over a pair of sneakers. That's like mm-hmm. the easiest way to write it off. And it wasn't just that raffle, because like, it wasn't even the physical mm-hmm. sneaker. There was a raffle ahead of the right. race for the shoes. 
But there's violence going on everywhere in this country, a lot more of it these days, whether it's tied to sneakers or not. Uh, this one was tied to sneakers. And sure, it, I think it accentuates and highlights a part of this industry and culture that I I have a lot of guilt carrying as well because I live in streetwear. I exist and I make my money off of telling young people that they need to own this brand or have this product or they're not enough, right? That's what we do as 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 profiteers off of streetwear. Like if you're a capitalist in this world, what you're doing is you're constantly telling young people, you're not enough unless you have this product. Mm -hmm. The reality is you are enough. You guys don't mm -hmm. need any of this mm -hmm. shit. Like you're perfectly amazing as it is. Um, but that's what my business is architected upon. And I live with that. Like I think about that constantly, right? Which is why I'm like, trying to highlight the cultural pieces, storyteller pieces, young artists, trying to get them paid here. Check, like I'm doing it almost every day on my Instagram. Like, look at these guys, support them, do any, but I also, at the end of the day, like making money. I also need to live. I have a career. I want to support my two kids. Yeah. So mm -hmm. it's like, this is, this is what I, this is what I do, yeah. right? Like this is my life. Yeah. And if we can, I'm, I'm happy to move on, but I just do want to read briefly because Shoe Palace. So Jaren was an employee at Shoe mm -hmm. Palace where he was killed outside the store over this raffle. They did uh, have a brief post on Instagram memorializing him. And I think it's important just to give him that space, you know, in our program, just, yes. you know, kind of. So I just wanted to read what they posted about him very briefly, just to keep him, you know, in mind and all this. They said, our Shoe Palace family is heartbroken over the senseless act of violence that took the life of Jaren Bradford. A loving son, brother, friend, and team member, Jaren was a light in any room he walked into. We ask at this time to respect his family and friends as they navigate through this traumatic event. As an organization, our focus remains on Jaren's family. That's from Shoe Palace, and I think we all echo that sentiment Absolutely. of you know, condolences to his family and just, just shocked that it happened. Like you said, it's yeah. a very tough situation, a process, and one that's... Close, close to us. We yeah. play in this I mean, space. You, you, you record yeah. on those. Yeah, we play in this space. Those stores. Yeah, we play in this space, and and you definitely you don't have like the right answer. There, there's yeah. no right answer, and you try to kind of just process it. There's no processing it, and it's just like you talked about in the '90s that Sports Illustrated cover. And for, for this to happen in 2021, again, no one really has the right answers. It's just yeah. just such a tragic situation that mm -hmm. hit, hits, you know, close to home in our space and tough to process and, and speechless about it. And and honestly, I think what's very tough is like no one no one has the answers. So I feel like for a while there, we weren't seeing this as yeah. much and there was not as much violence around sneakers. And I think maybe some of that is because everybody's been inside for the past year. But even in the past couple of years, I didn't see as many headlines about things like this happening around sneakers as I did in the early part of the 2010s. Mm -hmm. And I, I don't know how much people need to reassess. Mm -hmm. Well, it went from releases and stuff. All of the, you know, the physical uh, in-store releases, you know, with the whole Jordan 11 mm -hmm. foam posit era yeah. of, you know, you seeing people like swing signs at people in the middle of like a finish line and, mm -hmm. you know, Indianapolis. But I mean, we've all seen those scenes to people getting shot over, you know, Jordan 11s. And yeah. That whole era was crazy. And then the whole raffle system came in and it felt like it kind of deterred that for a while, you know, and then someone's actually shot over a raffle. So yeah. it's like... Still, wow. still some lingering questions. Bobby, I wanted to ask you about another kind of topical recent event. And, and I don't know if how involved in this you are or if you have any thoughts, but Mike Sherman and Chinatown Market finally announced this week that they had changed their name to market. They got rid of the Chinatown part. That was a big issue for a lot of people. 
you know, earlier this year. Are, are you close with Mike or did you have yeah. any insight into that process or how did you feel, you know, you being an Asian American owner of a streetwear brand, you know, somebody who's affected by this, like, what was your view on that whole thing? Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, that was also very complicated and layered. Um, I'm really happy to see that Sherman decided to um, make a choice with the mm -hmm. brand, yeah. right? Like he didn't have to rebrand or rename. He took it on his own volition to do it. And in a way where I feel like he made it a very positive thing. And the reality is with that brand, I don't even know if I should be saying this, is that he's that brand is doing better than ever and more popular than ever. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And so, uh, you know, he didn't have to just do this. He could have continued down his path. He did it because he was just like, no, you know what? This is really the right thing to do. Mm -hmm. You can say that it perhaps took him a little too long to figure that out. Um, but I also know his intentions. And look, this is a very subjective opinion on Mike Sherman because I know him. I've spent a lot of time with him. I wouldn't say he's a hateful, hurtful person by any sure. means. Yeah. His intentions going into the brand and naming it the name that he gave it came from an entirely different mindset. At the time, yeah, sure, Asian Americans and especially people who grew up in Chinatowns were sensitive to it. But that was also a time where we weren't looking at issues, especially Asian American issues in the way that we are doing now. And thank God we are, right? Like there was a subset of activists, a subset of politically aware people in the Asian American community who were calling things out, calling out Chinatown Market's name from the very beginning. I unfortunately wasn't one of those people, right? But in the context of 2021, when finally the spotlight has swung open to the Asian American community, we're talking about stop Asian hate, we're finally looking at a lot of the issues that have plagued our community because we're small, right? We're just like a smaller percentage of Americans. And so the media has just not really in the past figured that it would be as, as something that should be emphasized. We're finally getting to that place. So to me, it's, it's all positive steps. I think what happened with Chinatown Market with Mike Sherman, what they went through, I think in the end is, um, has been a real positive for our community because people are talking about this. Hopefully from here on out, people will be a little bit more mindful about the names that they choose. But I'm just here to say at the end of it all, like I'm super proud of Mike uh, and how they've pivoted. Mm -hmm. I'm proud of the brand and, uh, and, and making this decision, committing to it and going forward with it. And, you know, I want to continue to see them excel. And um, I want to see Asian American owners and Asian American brands excel. I want to see the community, the Chinatown communities excel. I'm here to see everybody win. Um, yeah, so that's really my my position on it. Yeah, I mean, it was it was interesting to see because when you hear that a brand's going to change your name or change their name, you're like, how is how's that going to go? Like, how are you as a company going to change the name of your company and then have people still yeah. even recognize it? And then when I saw they change it to market, I was like, oh, that's probably like the best case scenario because if they just completely like made it something different, like there would have been like no um, connection because it just reminds me of it. I'm sure you remember this when um. Remember when Fresh Jive and Rick Klotz decided to just take the name off of their brand and then like put it out yeah. into the public and then like nobody bought the clothing company anymore because they were like, wait, is this what is this? So it could have gone like multiple ways, you know? Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, if there was any critique I would give with the renaming and I totally em uh, empathize with why he didn't do this. I wanted to see a rebrand, not just a renaming. Mm -hmm. <laughs> of course, mm -hmm. what you were saying though is it would have been incredibly disruptive to the business and white guy the, market. The pipeline. <laughs> What's that? 
white guy market white guy market <laughs> i just wanted to see i was like dude this is an opportunity where the whole world is watching you why don't you guys like introduce a restaurant or have a mascot for the first time or say hey we're doing women's or like creating stores I, there was like this space but there's only so much he could do i mean he was busy renaming uh but it's just like they continue to go with what they had and i was like no that's great and it makes the most sense business-wise but the artist in me i was just like do something really wacky now and yeah. launch like a crystals company or like make furniture now yeah. called, you know, turn it into, crystals and maybe company. that's funny. <laughs> Wealthy would be. You into crystals? <laughs> no, not at all. You, like you and Spencer Pratt. <laughs> crystals is part of that whole, um, that whole streetwear look where like you buy cacti yes. and yeah. you have a yeah. couple yeah. crystals Ad on your desk. Advisory and... board crystals, formerly band of outsiders. Before you go, I need, you know, one thing that I love about you and that you're on the podcast is like, we're learning so much, but, uh, but I feel like, you help understand even like when we have breakfast or whatever, obviously we haven't been, we haven't seen each other in a while, but you always have like a lot of answers of things that I'm trying to, you know, struggle through why this is happening. Maybe not str struggle is the wrong word. I have to ask you as someone who is doing baseball cards, you've been like producing them. Why do I, why can I spend someone who, who could barely sit still in a movie? Okay. Why could I spend hours watching live breaks on Instagram and I feel it's like therapeutic? Do you? <laughs> uh, I need to know. I can't. Uh, hours, Bobby. A, there, Do you have that yeah. answer? You should You've had a lot of time. You should be spending all that time interacting with the sneakers app to get your engagement up. So no. the algorithm is going to reward you with a pair of off-white. I do not. Travis Scott Jordan. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't know the prices. I don't know what's valuable. I don't even know. Uh, like I just learned what a slab is. Right. However, mm -hmm. I could sit and watch hours of live breaks, and it's like feel-good mm -hmm. content. Do you have the psyche of why? Huh? Do you follow Jaspi? Do you follow Jaspies? No. What is it Zaxby's, oh. you said? Jaspi. J-A-S-P-Y-S. <laughs> they're a card shop out here, but they're pretty much the kings of live breaks. They do it 24 okay. hours a day. Yeah, okay. I've been watching um, WoW sports cards in, in New Jersey. And <laughs> yeah, they're Bob, great too. Bobby, what what is it? Do you have that answer? It's the same. I do. Okay. It's the same mechanism that's happening within. I used to think the same thing when I would watch my kids watching unboxing videos, right? Okay. Those are big on YouTube for especially kids yes. YouTube. Yeah. And sometimes they're watching unboxing videos of toys that they have physically sitting next to them, speaking of metaverse, right? Jesus. And I'm like, you have it right it's there so and deep. you unbox it, but they want to watch someone else do it because number one, it's an emotional thing, but there's also the same, mecha the same mechanism is being triggered that uh, fuels into gambling when you're watching live breaks. And it's the same okay. reason when okay. the same the same tool implementation of the endless scroll with Instagram where you you hit the jackpot yeah. button and you want to see what comes up next. Yeah, uh, it's the same thing with live breaks. You were just it's gambling, right? All cards to me same is thing cards as more than anything. Even addictive same personality. Yeah, but if I'm just observing, it's even if I'm observing and getting excited about other people winning and not yeah. gambling, it's, that's even just, better. Oh, hundred percent. But you are also. Your, your well, I bought a box. I bought a. I bought energy. my first. I won my first box. I won, won my first. Box? I won my first box. How do you win it? Uh, it's called a Raz. 
I think, and you, uh, it's called a Raz, and you yeah. like sign up for a spot, ten spots, and if your name gets picked, yes. you get the whole box. Is this like the the, the sneaker yeah. raffle stuff I was doing on IG, where they do an IG how PG. I want to Yeah, kind of like that. They shake up a box though, and they pick, and it said JLP, and I got an Anthony Davis autograph card, right? So, and <laughs> I'm like, okay, this is like gambling, but I also that was my first time, and I've been watching. Bobby, to the point where these people must think I have no life, hours, <laughs> and I'm commenting. I don't You're in know the metaverse, the, baby. I don't know these people. You're and in I'm the metaverse. Like, I'm, I'm rooting in. for them, and I know, like I said, I know that you've been d- dealing with the cards, and I'm like, is it healthy I that have, I'm? I could, I could do literally nine thirty two. Question, yeah. I could do nine thirty two eleven fifteen, and it could be Wait, like that's ten minutes. Post PM, I, right? PM. Okay, just so we're clear. I'm 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 totally intrigued uh, by what's happening within the culture in general. I it's like we're all becoming degenerates, gambling degenerates, because so your generation, gambling. our generation, is doing that with the live breaks. My kids do it. Why take them to the store to to get Pokemon cards? They're doing the same thing, right? They're watch they're watching yeah. Logan Paul talk about Pokemon cards. The way you that they rip watch packs, Logan Paul? They watch Logan Paul. The other day. I came home and my 12-year-old son, who just turned 12, was like, Daddy. And I was like, yeah. He's like, Logan Paul got into an argument with Candace Owens today. And I was just like, do tell. Let's talk about that. Um, let's, so, let's unpack that. <laughs> let's unpack that. But he, you know, we go to the card store and the way that they rip Pokemon packs is not unlike yeah. the feeling that you get, right? They're, and they, the way that they flip them down and they're, yeah. they, oh, they, yes. they count Listen, a certain amount of cards. Bobby, I used do, to work in a card right? store during college, so trust me, I was selling the packs. And I think the there's, packs look, there's a... Sold. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's like a really Sport- cutesy, Sport- entertaining... Squirtle? Part of <laughs> you were trying to. <laughs> sorry, <laughs> sorry. Let him. Fin- I need. No, I, was... I need to. I need this. Let him. Fin- yeah. I think there's. A, I think there's like a cutesy, gamified, you know, fun way of looking all of this. Is that we're all gambling and we're all having fun. NFTs, crypto, like stocks in general are gambling and educated sure. gambling, but it's really gambling in a lot of ways. Um, just the system itself is gambling. But I think there's also maybe something larger going on where. In a way, I think as a society, we're becoming a little bit unhinged in the fact that we're realizing that so much of this is random, right? Now, I want to say there a is virus a magic can set come called unhinged, just so we're... Okay. He's a magic unhinged. card connoisseur. Oh my God. Magic is also <laughs> back in a big way, right? We never but left, got, baby. We are also... You have to come... No, you have to get back in yeah, the game. Gotta, they, you yeah. have to get back in they the game. They might have to pull me back in. Yeah. Wizards, Wizards of the Coast has <laughs> set up a meeting. Bobby, do you... But, do, you know, yeah. Go ahead. Do you encourage me watching the live breaks? I think if it does something for you, I think people are looking, people are really, um, you know, immersed in this idea of just randomness. Like life okay. seems very random and unpredictable right now where does. there used to be some sense of order, right? Like there used to be some sense of order. You go to the store, you buy the sneakers, you come home, you wear the sneakers, that's it. And now yeah. everything is up to chance. And maybe that's because of how social media works because it's all Everyone knows what an algorithm now is, but you know, over the, ten years ago, if you were talking about, oh no, I post it, people will see it. That's how blogs worked. Now it's just like, well, it's kind of up to chance, and we don't really understand the algorithm. It's kind of up to chance if you get the sneakers. It's kind of up to chance if you get the COVID virus, whether it is going to be a pandemic. Like, all, there's so much left up to chance now, and I just think people are feeling a little bit insecure 
right? Everything's a little bit unpredictable these days. Yes. And we're feeding into that. So there's a dark way to look at it, but there's also just a fun look. It's also just fun yeah. to do. And I, I do it too, right? I go okay. to the card shops every weekend. All right. I feel all right. I feel yeah. okay about it. <laughs> no, it's totally. <laughs> I feel okay. I've never gambled ever. Never. No, like I go to when I go to Atlantic City to see you know comedy show Sebastian Maniscalco or something. I never hit the table. You never so hit never, the penny slots. Never, never gamble. I'm I not. Never a, I'm not a gambler either. But the way that I buy art and NFTs, it's fully gambling. At least we're being. So it's just, he has all. The, this a, guy has. He has a lot of the answers. That's why he has the answers. <laughs> Sway, he has the answers. Bobby, I think. <laughs> Um, what, 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 what do you always have stuff going on? What can we expect upcoming in the near future? What are you guys working on that you're excited about before we go? Yeah, we have a Batman dark Knight collaboration dropping, uh, tomorrow, but the big, nice. the big one is, and Welty's going to love this. We have an NFT collectible set that launches, um, in a week or so, maybe by nice. the time, I don't know. When is this episode? Friday happening? morning, Bobby, I've been a big fan of you yes, guys posting all of, all of the, the different uh, atom bomb logos. I don't know if yeah. those are NFTs or not, but <laughs> they, they are. You can buy one. Yeah, I'll Bobby. If, yeah, you, if so you can give me the backdoor link to the watermelon one, I will totally buy it. I wish I could. It's random because it's gambling. I don't even know what I'm gonna get. Right? We're un we're unpacking or unboxing or ripping these packs as well. But this is a project called Atom Bomb Squad that we've been working on since February. Oh, and I'm really happy to finally get out. It's going to be upwards of 20 to maybe even 25,000 different NFTs of atom wow. bombs that we've made over the last 18 years. And so it's really it's it's different from a lot of the other NFT collectible sets where most of these guys have. And I say guys because it's a lot of men in this space, but most of these people have made their artwork in the last year, six months. We're recalling on almost two decades of atom bombs, right? Hundreds and hundreds of iterations that we fleshed mm. across different patterns and backgrounds. <laughs> and so, yeah, just tons of bombs. But it's it's a, it's our way of kind of bridging the gap between streetwear and mm. NFTs. I think there's like a, a sizable gap there between just regular people who are kind of just like curious, maybe a little bit, but also like, yo, but I really love this one atom bomb. I have fond memories of this one that I wore in eighth grade or ninth grade. I'm like, well, you can actually own that one and say it's yours and in the future be able to make money off of it for yourself. Um, and so that's what we're trying to do. change how people think of fashion and also change how people think of the fashion business. I, I hope I can accomplish that with NFTs and especially starting with this project next week. Awesome. Bobby, thank you so much. Uh, we appreciate you coming on and always chopping it up with you. Y yeah. I mean, can't, yeah. you know, can't thank you enough. I feel like we got questions. You got answers. I don't have any of the answers. I think this is in this time more than any, I've realized it's pretty stupid to think, you know, anything at all, right? <laughs> that anything that you think is true. And, but I'm always in the pursuit of answers Love that. like straight up. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much. Hope to see you soon. And yeah, we'll, Appreciate uh, it, Bobby. Yes, Bobby. thank you so much, Thanks, Bobby. Guys. We'll talk soon. Love you guys. Always a pleasure. Thank you. This was the Complex Sneakers Podcast. We are back after a short hiatus. Thank you guys so much for watching and listening. Please like, subscribe, have a great weekend, and we will see you next week. Our producer is Dave Matthews. Our associate producer is Jasmine Plata. Sound engineering done by Kyle Garvey. 
Special thanks to Jen Stewart and Shiva Bayet. The Complex Sneakers Podcast is a production of the Complex Podcast Network.